Hey everyone, thank you so much for joining me on an episode of Mind Maps with Anna Ho, where each episode we will be traveling to a new destination on our mind maps and delving deeper into really cool people's mindsets and learning more about their perspectives and really unique experiences and also just some fun stuff like what their favorite movie that they've watched was. I hope you guys enjoy and thank you for listening. Hey guys, I'm super excited with my guest today. Um, he has some of the coolest content out there, really cool creative, and I feel like he's going to have a lot of unique and interesting things to say. So Chris, if you want to tell listeners really quick a little bit about yourself. Sure. Thank you so much, Anna, for having me. This is an honor and I'm, I'm super stoked to, to have this conversation. Yes, as you guys know, my name is Chris Duncan. I went to school at USC, recently dropped out and have been building a business called Creator Camp with some of my best friends over the past past year. Yes, I'm super excited. So just to jump right into like content creation, I wanna know, was there anything initially that just inspired you to start making content? Um, yes, absolutely. I think so many people in our generation like grew up watching YouTube, or at least I did. I watched YouTube growing up. Um, I was watching uh, people like Yes Theory, people like, uh, I don't know if you've seen Prank First Prank and Casey Neistat and all those people. And like my dream was to be one day be a YouTuber. All these people had such a huge impact on me. Mm-hmm. And then I think about two years ago in 2020, TikTok launched and I started to see that all these people were were going viral so easily. And I think one day I'd, in about December of 2020, I decided like, okay, how how difficult would it be? to actually create a viral video so yeah back in 2020 i decided like let's see how hard it is to create a viral video and what i did was like okay what what's going to grab people's attention what's going to be different what's going to be unique and so the first thing i did i think was i buried ten thousand pennies i went to the bank got as many pennies as i could it's like a hundred dollars in pennies and then i just made a video burying it in um in at a local beach near my house and I posted it and within, I want to say two hours, it had like a hundred thousand views. And within the next day I hit like two or 300,000. And I was like, wow, maybe this is a flunk or maybe, maybe this is a, just like a one-time, one-time thing. And so I decided to try it again. And I noticed like the same result happened. The next video did even better. I think it hit like 500,000 views. And what I realized is like with a little bit of effort, um, if you put a little bit of effort and thinking into your video, it's really easy to go viral on TikTok, especially back then when it wasn't as saturated. So that's how I, that's how I got inspired to create content. And those were the first few videos that I, I put out. Yeah, 100%. Um, so yeah, I was kind of like also looking through your TikTok and I think I stumbled upon that one as well. And <laughs> I was like wondering, was that kind of the jumpstart into like your little series on trying to find and like talk to your heroes, like Mr. Beast using like the six degrees of separation theory? Um, and can yeah. you kind of talk about like that theory more in this whole journey? Yeah, absolutely. I had read a book. So another thing that inspired me to start posting on on TikTok was I thought it could be a way for me to leverage like social media to potentially meet like my hero, Mr. Beast, right? The biggest YouTuber of all time. Like how crazy it would be if a me, a kid from California could meet this, this idol of mine. And so I read a book called The Third Door. Have you heard of it? I, I think I've heard of it, but I haven't read it yet. I might be okay. on the best to read I'll it. give you a brief summary, but basically 
The third door is about this guy, Alex Benign. He goes to USC. He's 18 or 19 years old at the time. And he wants to interview the most successful people in the world and understand how they launch their careers and like kind of find a common denominator amongst those people. So he interviewed people like Bill Gates and Tony Shea and like all these incredible people. And what he finds is that each one of these people, they took something called the third door. And he, he relates it to like a nightclub. He says, the first door is the line that 99% of people are waiting their whole life to try and get into this, this nightclub. And then there's a second door where if you're a VIP or you're a celebrity or you're born into wealth, you get to skip the line and you just get to skip those other thousand people that are waiting in the first door. And then there's a third door, but society and culture kind of puts up a smoke screen and you can't see it. But the third door, that's where you run down the alleyway, you sneak through a window, do whatever you have to do to get in, right? And so I read that book and it resonated so much with me. I was like, what's the best way to reach out to Mr. Beast? Am I going to send him an email? That's probably not going to work. Am I going to try to call him? That's probably not going to work. If I show up at his house, like he's probably going to get mad. Maybe if I do something that get, garners enough attention on social media, maybe he'll see it and that will, that will open a door for itself. So that was kind of my, my thinking process. And those penny videos were like kind of the start to, to test it out to see if, uh, if there was any opportunity there. And initially I saw the, that it was growing and I said, okay, well, maybe, maybe there's something here and we can, we can continue to pursue it. But yeah, that's how it started. Yeah, no, that's so cool. Honestly, I think I just like meeting you as well. I kind of experienced this whole like, like you're saying six degrees of separation theory yeah. where like I met Simon and then Simon just like knew you and Max and everyone. And then like I found out Max like knows this one guy that knows like Elliot Choi and like that whole crowd. <laughs> and like, I remember one of my goals was like, I kind of want to see if I can get like YouTubers like Elliot Choi, Max Risinger, all these different people, obviously a cool creator like you yourself. And then it just like happened. And I never yeah. thought about like how close everybody is like well connected. Yeah, I had I had saw six degrees of separation somewhere on TikTok and, and I got inspiration from from someone else. But I had also seen and and heard about the, the theory countless times before. It's like I'd probably know a thousand people in my lifetime. You probably know a thousand people in your lifetime. So just between you and me, we'll mm -hmm. we'll know like that's a million connections. Mm -hmm. So between six people, like you should be able to get to to yeah. everyone. Mm -hmm. No, 100%. The world is honestly so small, like, once you think about yeah. it. Like, I went to this one summer camp in Santa Barbara when I was, like, a sophomore in high school, um, and I uh, met this one girl. We didn't really stay in contact. We, like, followed each other on Instagram, and that was it. And then when I was going to college, like, while I was walking to, like, um, it was some event for, like, freshmen, I see her. Like, we walk past each other. I'm like, Megan? From, like, sophomore year of entrepreneurship camp in Santa Barbara like it was just the craziest thing you never know wow. who you're gonna meet or like all the little like fine little things that happen that make like you meet somebody and maybe not meet somebody else it's just crazy to me exactly um, and even I think with how Simon found you he yeah perspectopia sticker no right? exactly so, so, it's just so so much smaller than people think a hundred percent a hundred percent that's super cool though um I guess going along the lines of this um, further, I want to know what it was like once you actually finally got to interview people like Mike Posner, Elliot Biznow, um, your podcast with like the founder of Viori, or Viori. Um, yes. I want to know like what was that like for you and how did you go about just interviewing them, um, that whole process? Yeah. Sure. So kind of I'll run you through the background story. So I had been making videos trying to get to Mr. Beast. And at a certain point, I think I had realized like it wasn't really working 
how I had hoped. Mm -hmm. And I kind of felt like, okay, maybe this is leading to a dead end and I should try something else. There are a ton of other heroes that I still want to meet and maybe I can learn from them. And then along the way, perhaps I'll just naturally get to Mr. Beast. Mm -hmm. And taking inspiration from the third door, I had this idea one day in my dorm room at USC. And are you familiar with Forbes magazine? Yes. So Forbes is like the biggest business magazine in the country, right? It's amazing. Everyone goes to Forbes and they know what it is and it's very credible. And I thought, well, TikTok is still is still booming and all these businesses, they don't understand how to do it. Maybe if I could just get the email, chris at forbes.com, like I could email all these people and I think the chance of them responding is it must be 10 times versus my like regular Gmail, right? Who's not going to respond to Forbes? I think the only the only better email is like if you had Anna at whitehouse.gov or something, something like that. So I made it my mission to try and get this email at Forbes. So I ditched class at USC. I spent like my entire bank account, like 600 bucks at the time to fly to, to New York City with my brother. And the goal was to sneak into Forbes' headquarters. And so what I did is we showed up at their front door. I walked straight into the building with this really big poster and box. And the lady at the front desk, she told me to get the heck out of there. So she kicked me out. And I had just traveled all this way. And I knew I I had to find a way in because I didn't, I I can't travel all this way and, and just get kicked out. So following the the same framework, the third door, I went around the building and there's a delivery room. And I told the guy, Hey, I'm, I'm here delivering a package to the 10th floor at Forbes. And he kind of wasn't really paying attention and just let me sneak on by. And I literally took the third door. I went up this sketchy, sketchy elevator to the top building. And I find myself 20 years old in the biggest office I've ever been in, in the center of Manhattan in in the middle of New York City. We're on the 10th floor. I'm looking around and nobody's in there because it's like a pandemic. And I'm definitely not supposed to be in there. So I'm sneaking around, like trying not to be seen. And I'm looking for the biggest office that I can find because that has to be someone important. And so I keep looking around the office. I go up one more floor to the 11th floor and I, I see this name tag on, on one of the offices. His name is Matt, Matt Herman. And he is the creative director of Forbes magazine. And funny enough, I had matched with him on LinkedIn the day before. So it was really random and he was like the only one in the building and he was on the phone and I come barging into his office. I knock on the door. He like puts this phone down. He's like, what the heck are you doing in here? Like, how'd you get in here? And I said, Matt, none of that matters right now. I just flew here from California to give you this. And it was a big, a big box, big, big cardboard box that um, said Forbes on it. And inside was like uh, a really big poster, probably three feet by five feet. And it was a, a replica Forbes magazine, and it had my face on it. And right on the top, the headline was, your next hire. And he was, like, so shocked. He, was, he said, this is amazing. I can't believe you flew here from California. Um, I don't see how the social team won't hire you. And so he really got my hopes up and said, sorry, there's a little background noise. Oh, no, no problem. Okay. And he said, um, yeah, I don't see how the social team won't hire you let's let's stay in touch i'll give you my number and i'll introduce you to their team next week 
And the whole time I had been filming on my phone, trying to make a TikTok or, or YouTube video. And I posted this TikTok and Inc. Magazine, probably the second best, big, big second best business magazine um, in the country. They saw the video and they're like, you know, if Forbes doesn't want to hire you right now, we'll take you first. And so Inc. Magazine, they offered me a job and they said, you can lead our TikTok account. You can write about creators and uh, we'll give you full creative freedom. Mm -hmm. And so I said, okay, this is an offer I can't turn down. And the day I got the job, the email was chrisduncan at inc.com. I re-emailed my list of like 10 heroes. It's like Colin and Samir, uh, Elliot Biznow, Alex Benign, all these people I've read about and watched growing up. And I think I went to lunch and keep in mind, like I had been emailing these people for a long time beforehand, never got a response. This time I go to lunch, I come back and nine of the 10 people had responded. So it was quite the, quite the incredible, I was really shocked. I was like, wow, um, an email alone can change so much. So I learned a lot just from that experience, but yeah. I forget where what your question was, but I hope that I think that answered it. Yeah, it was like this journey of just like interviewing um, all these people like Elliot Biznow, Mike Posner, oh, yes. um, uh, all of them. Yeah. Elliot was the first person that I or actually I met this guy, Zach Hanavar. He is the manager for Yes Theory, if you're familiar with them. Yes. Yeah. Cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he was my first interview and I, my heart was beating so much. My hands were were sweating and I was like, I, I did so much research. I watched so many podcasts on him. And then I came into the room and we had an incredible conversation. And but he could tell I was nervous and that I was kind of asking similar questions to to other podcasts. And he gave me some great advice. He was like, next time, do all your research, write all your questions on a paper, write them 10 times if you need to, and then throw away the paper. And (laughs) that's what he told me. And then my second interview that same day was with Thomas Bragg. Um, from Yes Theory. He's one of the main people. And I took Zach's advice. I said, okay, I have all these questions, but this time, instead of bringing my notebook with me, I'll try and just like, try and not use my notebook and not reference that and just have a conversation with Thomas. And that conversation was like tenfold, 10 times better than the one I had with, with Zach. Zach was still great, but um, it was like a, a good learning lesson. And then the third person I met was Elliot Biznow. And this guy has completely changed my life like over and over again. He's shown me so much kindness, but to give you some background on Elliot, he is the founder of a company called Summit Series. And Summit brings together the top entrepreneurs of the world, of the generation above us, so millennials. He's hosted events that have thousands of people come like Jeff Bezos and you know, the founders of all your favorite companies. And he just hosts these amazing events that are are meant to connect people and inspire them to use their business for good. And that's a lot, a lot of what he's done has inspired Creator Camp. So I had emailed him in February in my dorm room. Um, and at the time I was considering, do I drop out and go interview all these people now that I have a job at Inc or do I stay in school? And if I stay in school, I don't have the opportunity to travel and meet these people in person. It just wouldn't be possible for me. I'd probably fail. And it, it didn't make sense. So I told my parents like, hey, this is what I'm going to do. I think it's important that I meet these people. I can always come back to USC if I need to. 
and they got so mad at me. Oh no. I, my parents were extremely upset and they're like, no way this is happening. You're not doing this. And my brother, my older brother, I usually turn to him for for advice or for him to tell my parents like, like Chris is okay. And he usually helps me out. And I said, Rob, that's my brother. I said, Rob, can you tell them, like, tell them this is a good idea. And he looks at me and he says, I don't know about this time, Chris. And so he wasn't on my, on my side that time, but they've come around and um, yeah. So, so back to the story, I had emailed Elliot in February, just dropped out of school. And this guy responded in a few minutes and he said, uh, this is amazing, Chris. I love your story. Let me call you right now. And he calls me and I'm in my dorm room, 8 p.m. And he calls me on the phone. And he's like, Chris, I love what you're doing. Like, do you want to meet Alex Benign, the author of The Third Door, the book that has inspired you so much? That's the first thing he says. And I'm like, yes, I'd love to meet him. He's like, okay, great. Let's meet him soon because he's my best friend. And I'm like, wow, that's incredible. And then the next thing he tells me is he... I've met this guy for 10 seconds so far. And the next thing he says is, Chris, like, you have the fire. I know you're going to make it. If you ever need anything from here on out, I will support you in everything you do. So within 10 seconds of meeting this guy, he showed me so much kindness and gave me like unconditional support, which is something I'd never experienced in my life from meeting a stranger like that quickly. So I was like, so caught off guard. And then I asked him, like, is there any chance we can do an interview? And he said, sure, my book is just coming out. Like, let me send you the manuscript. No one has read it. He'll be the first to read it. You can read it to understand my background. And then let's do an interview over Zoom. So he sends me his manuscript that day. And I stayed up till like 2.30 in the morning reading the whole thing. And in the morning, I texted him back and I said, hey, Elliot, I'd love to meet you in person because your book and your story was like so so incredible how can i what can i do to meet you in person and he said okay because you read the book that fast like you can meet me in person so he said come now this is the part where the story gets crazy he said okay chris like let's meet in person you can come to miami next week so i'm like what that's so quick that's so fast i have to book my ticket like i have to still like tell my parents i don't have much money so how am i going to get there there's like so many things running right. my head. He says, come to Miami. He says, come to this address. And then he says, look for this blue umbrella. He sends me a photo of a blue umbrella. And he says, once you find the blue umbrella, ask for a girl named Paloa. And it was the most random thing. He just gave me, that's the only information he said. And he's, oh, actually he did text me one other thing. He said, bring your bathing suit and sunglasses. We don't want your camera equipment to get wet. And I'm like, what is going on? This is crazy. Like, can I even trust this guy? Right. This sounds a little sketchy, but I I felt like it was an opportunity I can't turn down. So without really knowing much, I, I booked a ticket. I flew to Miami for the first time. I rented a car for the first time. And yeah, then I, I drove the car to the address. And I don't know. I, I got to the address and I'm like, what am I looking for here? And then I find the blue umbrella and I, and then I, I'm like, okay, I found the blue umbrella. And then I see this girl Paloa and I'm like, Hey, Paloa, I'm here to meet Elliot. And she cuts me off. She says, Oh, oh, oh Elliot already, he, he already told me everything. And I said, what do you mean? And before I could like ask any more questions, she said, let me go grab the boat. 
And I'm like, what do you mean the boat? Are you kidding me? Like, this is, this is like a little too surreal right now. Like what is happening? Yeah. And so she grabs the boat and she picks me up and I'm like, Paloa, where are we going? And she says, we're going to the island to meet Elliot. And so she takes me on this beautiful, beautiful river. The sun is setting. There's buildings out in Miami. It's incredible. And we go to this island and lo and behold, Elliot is waiting there for me on this island. And we had this fantastic conversation and interview. And after, after our interview, he invited me back to his house to, to continue to chat um, later that night. And the one thing he told, he gave me two advice. Um, he said, this experience I gave you, Chris, like everyone in life, they try to take things like so real. Um, and his motto is keep it surreal, like give people surreal experiences. He said, if you can just give people the same experience and the same feeling that I just gave you today, I promise everything will work out. Mm-hmm. And I was like, wow, okay. So now I'm so inspired to like give other people the same experience that I just had. And then the second thing is he's, he said, everybody's always putting their hand up, trying to get somewhere. Mm-hmm. If you can just be someone who puts their hand down and helps everybody else out, like naturally the way the world works, the way the universe works, like you'll just be rewarded, but you can't have expectation of, of, of having a reward. You know, you just have to do it unconditionally and, and things will work out. You just have to have faith. And those were the two big takeaways I had from that night. And since then he has called me maybe once or twice a week since last last year. And we've been incredible friends. I'm actually, I just spent a day at his mountain. When he was 26, he bought a mountain called Powder Mountain. It's the largest ski resort in America. And I just was there yesterday and I got to have dinner with his family and see his cabin, which is at the top of this amazing resort. And it was very, very inspiring. Um, but yeah, and then Elliot introduced me to Mike Posner. He's like, Mike's my best friend. Like, you got to go meet Mike. Mm-hmm. And then Viore was just someone in my local neighborhood who had built up this incredible business. He had launched an apparel business, and it was the first apparel business to become a billion-dollar brand in just like six years, very, very quickly. And so I wanted to interview him and learn learn how his story worked. And by that time, I had gotten much, much better at, at interviewing. So it was great. And um, yeah. Yeah, that's the that's pretty much the the summary story. That's so crazy. I can't even imagine like all the feelings you must have been feeling when you were like on the island with him. Like I would have felt like I was in a dream if anything. I'd like have to slap myself a thousand times to be like, is this real? That's crazy. Yeah, that's um, exactly how oh I, my gosh. how I felt. Yeah. And obviously now you guys being friends from like you just kind of looking up to him and like reading his books to now becoming like one of his best friends and just like still staying close. Um I want to know though because like you were able to reach all of these people and you had so sure. much like I want to say like determination that's so admirable especially for me like that's something I look up to is like even though you were like rejected the first time you went into Forbes um but then you just kept going finding that third door going up to the 11th floor um and just kept going and going I want to know like where does this come from like is there were you always just kind of like able to be very like rigorous and fighting towards what you want to do or is this like from something specifically i think entrepreneurs in general have a strong desire to um 
to not live like the the typical nine to five. Like yeah. a lot of their energy goes towards like escaping that and like building something that they're passionate about. And like, they, they won't have it any other way. Like my f- greatest fear in life was if I got stuck in a, a corporate office and w- was working nine to five, I would rather continue to try, try and fail, fail, fail at this, than then resort to that. Yeah. Because I knew I would just be sad and, and regret and be sitting there thinking about all the possibilities that could have been. And that, that sounds like a way worse reality to me than if I was just giving it my all and trying, mm-hmm. trying to make it happen. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And I think an important thing is like so many people, or even I have friends who, who often see like the limitations. And I think like such an important mindset shift is like, instead of seeing limitations, you, sh- you should try and train your brain to see the opportunities so like when I was reading Elliot's book, you know, instead of instead of like immediately thinking like, oh, he built this incredible thing. Like, there's no way I can do it. Like, there's all these things in the way, all these obstacles. It's like, oh, maybe I can take like some of his ideas and do that for creators. Or maybe I can do that for a different like niche. And like, just like soaking up the opportunities and the possibilities instead of like immediately seeing the limitations is like so, so important. Mm-hmm. Wait, that's such a good way to look at it. I know personally for me, I want to enter 2023 like really just doing instead of saying. I feel like I say a lot, but then I won't actually go and like take the time to do it. Because um, I remember like at the party that I met you at, I, when I was talking to Max, and obviously I've been looking up to him since like I want to say sophomore year of high school, I've been watching his videos. Um, yeah. And we were just like talking. He was like, What is one thing you want to do? Um, and I was like, Something that I really want to do if I had like no boundaries, nothing was holding me back is like do something in fashion like make my own brand and he was like just do it like why not just do it and I'm like that's so true I never even thought about that like I instead of just sitting on it like actually taking action and like pursuing that um yeah I think that's like that's really admirable because I think that's something I've been grappling with too just being in college like obviously I'm in business school as well with Simon right now and I feel like there's this like mindset where everybody's just like you have to live this really linear life of like go to a really good college get a corporate job paying like six figures out of college and then just like stay there work your way up in the corporate worlds have like a family blah blah um and that's like nice and a very stable life but I think I still sometimes like really crave more from it and like doing something that I'm actually passionate about and that's something I've been grappling with is like do I take that risk or do I just kind of like lay back, live this kind of like regular life? Um, but I think that's something I want to do in 2023 is just like doing, doing what I want to do um, and just seeing wherever it takes me. But that's what I do really it. like. Yeah, no, that's what I you really liked it. about like you, though, because when I was watching all your videos, I feel like that's something that you do. Just like go for it no matter what. Just like take that <laughs> third door, do this, do that. Just go for it instead of just like sitting back on it. Yeah, I think there's a way to take I, I call it like calculated risks like. I spent a lot of money flying to to Forbes, but I had like, I wouldn't have done that if I hadn't like, for example, so I knew that I'd be able, I wasn't sure if I'd be able to get in the building. That was the biggest risk, but I knew I had like a good portfolio of social media and TikToks that I made before and that they were in a position that they hadn't experienced TikTok at all and that maybe I could help elevate their brand. So I thought it was like really uniquely positioned, a great timing for me and that you know, this was more of a calculated risk. It wasn't me like just blowing my whole bank account and flying there with no plan, right? Mm-hmm. And same with like another recent example is um, I flew to Amsterdam like on a really quick whim to go meet with the CEO of Polaroid 
and that was like a huge, huge expense, but I knew we could get uh, a brand to cover my video. And I knew that he had already agreed to coffee. And like, there's all these little things that, you know, people often see like, oh, I go take a risk and I go drop out of school. And I didn't even actually drop out of school. I just took a gap year or a gap semester, right? And now that things are doing better, I'll take another gap semester. It's not like I just dropped everything, right? So it's taking calculated risks is, is really really important. And I think there's another thing you said there, Anna, that I really liked is like linear life versus exponential life. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of people, most people live a linear life and there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. But then there's also people who live an exponential life of, you know, full of adventure and building things they want and incredible experiences. And the people who live an exponential life, they skip steps on the way up. Mm -hmm. So and that's very in line with the with the third door too, because I think like even the everyday person can you know send an email to a professor or or a business student, and and meet someone who is who is close to them in alignment and in their network, and that can one person can like change everything for you. Like for me, Elliot was that one person who completely changed my life, and you never know you could be one one email away or one connection away from an entirely different um, career or or life path. No, 100%. I think I've kind of experienced that when I started this podcast. Um, I started during quarantine and I just finally am getting into it again after like a two-year hiatus. Um, but I remember even in my high school, my high school was very much one of those like very competitive kind of bubbled high schools and like like you said living this linear life, which again is totally fine. Um, there's nothing wrong with that. But I think finally just like taking the time to just do something that I wanted to and like starting this podcast learning from so many people and just like like you obviously Max um even like just people I met this one guy from India and he had to overcome a stammer and just like learning about how he had to go about that um just like learning and seeping in all of this knowledge has helped me so much and I feel like like you said you never know who you're gonna meet um and I'm already having such a great conversation from you learning so much um and I'm sure listeners are as well but I feel like you've gone through so many amazing things, obviously with like your time with Elliot in his island and like now going to this like resort with him and talking to his family. I wanna know for creatives and like dreamers like myself that wanna do something but aren't really like able to take that first step or like need a little push, what type of advice would you give um, to people like that? Great question. I think, um, even in myself, I catch myself doing this. Sometimes I get like lost in trying to perfect everything. Um, even with like some YouTube videos that I'm planning, um, I just get lost e even in the scripting process or trying to make everything perfect before even like initiating anything. And I just spend so much time like in the planning stages that in some cases I never get around to it because all that energy and all that time is spent there. And I think like the hardest thing to do is let go of that and just take that first step. And you can like, you just need to go and you can fix your direction and, and change where you're going as you go. And I think that's like something we've experienced with creator camp and even with my own content. Like I wanted to get to Mr. Beast originally. And then I learned like, that's not what I wanted. And I re redirected. Right. And so even what you think might be perfect in the beginning, like that's going to change as you start the process. So I think having the courage and the strength to, to take those first steps are really, really crucial. 
And I, I think that's a little cliche because I think a lot of people say that, but it's really, really true. I totally agree. I recently saw this thing where ASAP Rocky, he was talking about how when he started off, like his whole career at the beginning essentially was all just like editing is what he called it. It was like not necessarily perfected. He just like would kind of release music, not necessarily what he thought was like perfect or planned exactly like you said how he wanted it um but that's kind of I feel like what it is to be a creative is like you're always editing yourself or fixing something maybe going down a different path than what you originally thought um so I think even though that's like a cliche answer I think that's what people need to hear um it's just like it's not necessarily gonna be perfect and that's okay I know you mentioned creator camp and I want to dig a little bit deeper into that um sure. yeah I want to just like kind of know this backstory like how did this happen um and what inspired you and this group of people to create it would you learn everything yeah it's really interesting there's a lot of like synchronicities and, and things that I can't really explain how they happened because it was just like so random but mm-hmm. essentially I had been on this um journey meeting all these incredible people I had just met Elliot I was already involved in the social media world mm-hmm. and so inspired by Elliot I had this idea like what if what could we do? Like, what if we could make like a summit series, but for creators, like for all these amazing people who are doing stories online, of course there's like VidCon and there's Vid Summit and all these like conventions, but they're all like so, so massive and they're so transactional and they're like, don't actually, you don't form connections with people there and they're all focused on views and they're, and they're corporate. And what I learned from summit series and summit and from Elliot is that they really take a holistic approach that, you know, gives people a real, like a surreal experience like I had in Miami with him. That that entire event is supposed to be like that for everyone. And they really, really embody that. And then you leave the event with like 30 new friends and like 10 new best friends. And like, how how powerful is that? Like 10 new best friends can completely change your life. And so what if we could do that for creators? It's already a lonely um, career and there's not really like many communities within the creator world. So I saw a big white space and I was like, okay, we got to do this. And I had met this guy, Eli, um, Eli Stone. Are you familiar with him? Yeah. So Eli had been making videos on TikTok and I had crossed paths with him like earlier in the year and we had connected just over, over business. He had a business background and I was studying business at USC. And I was telling him like, you got to read this book that Elliot sent me, like read it. And I think you'll have the same idea that I had. I did not even tell him what my idea was. I just wanted him to read it and see if he had would have the same idea. Okay. And he read it and he said, Chris, I think I know what you're, what you're thinking. Uh, and he had this exact same idea. And we're like, wow, okay, this is really cool. At the same time, Eli had just been connected with um, Simon, Kim, Max and Ryan. Ng. And those three were already kind of like friends and off doing their in their own space. And I had not known anything about them. Don't know who any of those guys were at the time, but Eli had told me that, or they had brought Eli in and invited him to something called wholesome house, which was like, they were going to have maybe 10 creators go out to the back country of Montana and just hang out together for a month as a way to like inspire each other and get back on track and in good routines And just like being in a room full of creatives is like so, so good and so helpful, especially if you're a creator. And so they were trying to get a a sponsor for Wholesome House and they were struggling. And I think how it went was Eli was 
saying like, Hey, I know this guy, this guy, Chris, like he snuck into Forbes and he's done all this stuff. Like, I think he could help us get some sponsorship. And so he introduced me to them and I said, okay, guys, like I will, I'm totally down to help you get sponsorship. Like maybe I'll just take a small percentage or a small cut and you guys have your, your little event. And what we found is we kept running into issues, into issues. And like, no one wanted to sponsor like 10 little kids going out to Montana and no one, no one really saw us as legitimate. So often I think when you hit a roadblock, the best thing to do is to dream bigger. And so we're like, I, I told the guys, um, um, I think Eli expressed this too, and they had the same idea, like, what if we make this bigger? And the, they had all heard about Elliot Biznow and they've all read the third door too, even before I met them. So I said, what if we can make this bigger? What if we could do like a summit series, but for creators? And we can call it like Creator Creator Camp was the name we came up with. And so that's where the idea spawned. And as soon as we upped how many people were coming, we said 30 people are coming. We're going to get this massive cabin. Then we started approaching brands. And then we had way more um, reciprocation from these from these companies. And we're able to secure a sponsorship from Koji, which is like a Lincoln bio, and then another company, Calm. So if you're familiar with Calm, they're like a, a billion-dollar meditation app. And um, Simon had been trying to work with them for a very long time. They were like a dream sponsor of ours because we're like very um, supportive like of mental health and advocates of that space. And so that's very much aligned with what Calm does. And we said like, how can we get them? And we had been emailing them, emailing them. I even tried my ink email to try and get my foot in the door and we still, we couldn't do it. And Elliot happened to know the founder, Michael Acton Smith who uh, has an incredible story, but he said, Chris, like write me your best email explaining why Calm is like your dream sponsor for Creator Camp. And I will just send it to Michael Acton Smith. And I said, are you kidding me? Like we were hitting all these roadblocks going up and he said like, I'll just, I'll just send it to the top. And he introduced us to the founder and Michael loved our story and what we're doing. And then they agreed to send someone out and, have their brand be a part of the experience and calm is such a incredible and like prestigious brand. They were part of the world cup um, mm-hmm. that it helped us this time around saying that we worked with calm, like leveraging that we partnered with them in the past has helped us secure like so many more new partnerships. So like incredibly thankful for, for Elliot there, but that, that's another example of how like he has helped us and the power of, you know, having one connection. Again, it goes back to what you were saying too, like you never know who you're going to meet that's going to just like flip your world around or just take you another direction and like this whole company another direction. That's like, that's crazy to hear. That's so cool though. I'm super excited to see like what else Creator Camp does because I remember um, even during like that whole like semester send-off party thing, I remember everybody was talking about Creator Camp and I'm like super excited just like for this whole company and to see where it goes, but yeah. Thanks so much. I appreciate that. Yeah. Well, I had a great time talking to you about content creation, but now moving into kind of like some mindset questions, these get a little bit deep. So like, feel free to take your time um, when answering them. Um, But so my first question, this is kind of a big one too, is like an initial question. So again, feel free to take your time. But what do you think is your current greatest failure or even like regret? And what do you think you were able to gain from it or learn from it? So yeah, the one that comes to mind, and this one was very, very impactful for me, 
was I had my first business that got me into the kind of entrepreneurship and business was a Minecraft server. Are you familiar with Minecraft at all? Yeah, I am. So in seventh grade, I had met someone who introduced me to the game Minecraft. His name is Zach. And Zach had showed me that you can create your own Minecraft server where players can join and you can also set up like ranks and give them perks. And those are things that they can pay for. And I was like 13 or 14 at the time. And Zach was making, he was telling me how he was making 400 or $500 a month from his Minecraft server. And that was like blowing my mind. And I was like, how could I do the same thing? And it, it so happened that like throughout high school, Zach's server like blew up and he was making $100,000 a year being like 15 or 16 years old. And my server was doing pretty good, not that great, but pretty good. And I had an encounter that made me realize like the what the real world is kind of like. And I was probably like 14, 15. And there was this really popular website where you could buy advertisement for your server. And so I spent like my life savings. I convinced my dad and my mom to help me out. And we spent like $5,000 to get this advertisement to promote my little game. And what happened was I had trusted someone as like my admin administrator on the server. And they had completely destroyed the all the files, the entire server. Um, I banned everything, deleted everything. And this was right during the time that we had the two-week um, advertisement. So during those two weeks that we had paid for this 5000 like my whole thing was destroyed and ruined. That took months and months to build and, and to code. And so I quickly learned that like trust is is really important thing online and you have to be very careful i also learned to take backups of everything because i had nothing backed up so i learned it very important to have everything that you work on and care about have a copy of that or have like somewhere safe that only you can access because you never know when someone's going to turn on you or or what they might do and it, it was devastating it was a really really big wake-up call for me but that that's the one that comes to mind and yeah, since then I've been very cautious and I tread lightly with who I give um, access to certain things. Hi. So yeah, definitely be careful in, in that domain. Yeah, 100%. That's crazy to see you already had this like entrepreneurship spirit even when you were like 15, 16. Um, but I'm glad that you obviously I can tell have like a good close knit um, circle of creators, like your creator camp friends, obviously Elliot Biz now being a super cool friend and inspiration. Um, but yeah, I know that like that one was definitely a big one, but this one's a little bit lighthearted now and not super like deep. But I want to sure. know, um, what is your personal mission statement? I feel like a bunch of creators have like something they go by or saying. Um, I just want to know what is your personal mission statement? Personal mission statement, I think. Like for me, I just want to live a life that's, you know, fun and exciting and, and doing things with friends because like so many people get caught up in the day to day and, the, and life can get so boring. But like we're here on this planet for such a short amount of time that I just want to, you know, try and experience as much as I can. Um, a big motivator for me also, and this is one that's stuck with me for a long time, is like my my mom has been so, so supportive of of me and what I've been doing and she's you know she comes from Texas and she hasn't really traveled much she's been to Texas and California and I guess Park City now 
and we've done a few trips to Hawaii, but like that's really the extent of the world that she's seen. And my parents have given me so much, so much uh, opportunity and privilege because they spent like their whole life working to get me in the spot that I also feel like I'm so privileged that if I don't take this opportunity, like there are a thousand other people waiting in line who would jump at, at my, at the chance to live the life that I'm having. Yeah. And so I feel like a responsibility to try and make something big with my life or try and do something important that will positively impact people for that reason. And then I also like a personal goal is like to have to take my mom to Switzerland, hopefully, because I just want her to see a little glimpse of like what is out there. And I think it will blow her mind. So that's a big motivator, too. But yeah, that's like kind of the direction that I'm headed in and in terms of like what creator camp's goal is I think I mentioned earlier like I was inspired by the youtubers of the generation above us like the millennials and it's very clear and evident to me like the impact that had like everyone who's in gen z 80 percent of us like want to be youtubers because of these people right so the impact is clear and now there's like a new wave that is emerging on youtube of all these people who grew up wanting to be youtubers the impact that they're going to have will likely be the same or more than the, the previous generation. So what if we can inspire these people to tell like great stories online and like impactful stuff and educational stuff like the kids then growing up now, they're going to be amazing by the time they're our age. So that's the goal there. Yeah, no, that's super cool. That's what I noticed, too, with like everybody in Creator Camp, all your content is super just like real and raw I feel like and it actually makes you feel something like that's what I noticed with everybody or it just like makes me super inspired to do something with my life like to travel or like like we were saying just go for something that I've really wanted to do which I think is super important because I recently stumbled upon somebody on YouTube who was talking about how a lot of these big corporations like Google or Amazon he has this theory that they're just hiring a bunch of people so that like these people that they're hiring won't go off and make their own next competitor of Google or Amazon. And like, they just take them to just be like their little corporate slaves, nine to five, like make six figures, have like a great balance. But that's just as a way to incentivize them to not go and like take a riskier route. Like you said, take the third door and become the next Google. I think like just being grateful for what you have is super important as well. Um, I remember this morning while I was like coming here, I'm in the business school right now in a study room. But while I was yeah. walking, I was like sweat. You know, when you have like hot sweat, but it's like cold outside. I was like walking super yeah. fast to get to my room. Um, and I was just like, I guess kind of irritated because I was like, oh my gosh, why am I like so hot and it's like so cold out, blah, blah, blah. Just like really, really first world problems. Um, but in my head, I was like, you know what? I should be grateful that I can even like have this problem. Like this is like such a minor inconvenience in my life, but this is like my only problem, I guess, right now with yeah. my life. Like there's so many people out there that would be, uh, like you said, a hundred thousand times grateful to be in the place that I'm in and like experience these minor conveniences as their problem rather than being like, what am I going to eat the next day? Or am I going to have a place to like stay the next day? Yeah. Um, which I think is super, super important to remember. So I really, really admire that as well. Um, that Absolutely. mindset. Yeah. 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 I think like, you know, some people spend their whole lives working to get to a position where they're financially free and then can like start their business. Right. And then it's like my parents have spent their entire life, you know, working so hard so that we can be in a position that, you know, now I, I can I can choose whether I want to do a corporate or or I can maybe make something big. But it's like the fact that they spent that much time and the, the fact that like 
so many other people, you know, work so hard just to get to this point. It's like, I tried to not take that um, like for granted. I agree. My parents too, being like immigrant um, Chinese parents, like my dad, I remember he was telling me a story. He never told me this before. It was like, I want to say a year ago, but he was telling me how coming from China to America, he only had like a hundred dollars in his wallet and somehow had to make wow. it like he had to pay for his college. I remember he said there was one week where all he survived on was like a loaf of bread and a stick of butter. And that's all he could eat oh because I know it was just absolutely insane to me. And he did all that sacrifice, all that, just so that me and my brother could just live obviously an exponentially better life than that and just do things that we wanted to and like you said we can have the option of either taking a corporate route living that linear life or going the other route and doing something that like we're really passionate about and um just like going for it and doing like you said um those things that make a bigger positive impact on the world um so you, should, uh, you should interview your dad that sounds like i know really honestly story. i've yeah i've been thinking about it i think it's just like the language barrier is sometimes a little bit harder but i definitely that's what i've been thinking about honestly is maybe interviewing my parents because i think they've gone yeah. through so much um because they lived through like i don't know if you've heard of like the mao when mao was like he was this one dictator in china and like he was kind of like how um kim jong-un is in like north korea where they had this oh, wow. super communist yeah it's crazy they always tell me all these stories and my mom was talking about how um back when he was like the dictator of china she was like crying when he died because she thought he was like a god or something like that's just like how much wow influence this man had on their country and like they've just lived so much life i'm sure they'd have great things to say um yeah absolutely but, i'd love to yeah let me know when that one comes out 100 percent. um now going on to some fun questions and brain teasers sure. um i want to know what's like the best book you've read obviously you talked about some books like the third door and some of elliot biznow's books um yeah so what do you think was the best book you've read sure so the, the third door was definitely um monumental in my life so I always I always try and shout that one out when I have the opportunity I recently read um two books that I think are actually I read three books that I think are all I'd recommend them all the first one is Shoe Dog are you familiar I've never heard of that one it's from the founder it's a memoir by the founder of Nike and it's an incredible story about this young man Phil Knight from a small town in Oregon and just his tough grit and persistence and the amazing story of Nike. I'd recommend that to anyone who's interested in starting something. There are a lot of lessons in there. And then my second recommendation would be a book called Ego is the Enemy by Ryan Holiday. Uh, it talks about how when people start to see a little success, um, a lot of people start to assume they know everything and start to stop listening to people and they think they their way is the is the only way and anywhere else is that you know you take the highway so what ego is the enemy teaches is that you know some of the most successful people in the world have crashed down their career because of their ego and it's important to to stay learning and if you stop learning and you start thinking you know that you know everything that's a pretty good indicator that you start to have an ego and it was just a, it's a good reminder to keep yourself grounded and and humble and it also teaches that you know like uh there's a good analogy in the book saying like like a floor you if you if you broom it once and you don't broom it again after like a few days you know there's going to be dust on the floor again 
And then after a month, there's going to be a lot of dust. And then after years, that dust is going to pile up. So like with something like ego, you have to constantly sweep the floor and like try and make it a habit to remind yourself because the more success that you obtain, the very easy, it's going to be much easier for you to be corrupted. That sounds great. I'm just about to go to like um, a bookstore with one of my friends after this. And I've been like looking for books. So I might see if they have any of those available. Um, But also in another sense, that reminded me when you talked about ego, like I know for me, sometimes I take it in the other route where I'll like put somebody on a pedestal. Like I'll think, oh, they've done this. And like they must be so much more like for lack of better word, better than me. Um, Mm. But I listened to Emma Chamberlain, if you know, like the YouTuber Emma Chamberlain, I listened to her podcast. And I remember one thing that she always says is like, if you think about it at the end of the day, we're all just particles. Like we're all made out of the same molecules and particles. And there's no reason that like another person's any better than you. Um, Because at the end of the day, we all have a heart. We're all human beings. We've all just like came out of the womb all our particles there's no reason why like somebody else is so much better than you just because they've done x or experienced x um and i think that's super important to remember too is like on the opposite end nobody is necessarily better than you or less than you because we've all experienced different things um and i think everybody has something cool to say about their life i love that i i haven't heard that before that like everyone's made out of particles and atoms and i think that's a really good way to like yeah Uh, visualize it and make it more sound but I totally totally agree like everyone is just you know everyone's human we all experience like the same things for the most part and um, yeah no 100% agree I think another thing that reminded me of is um, when it comes to meeting people I think a huge huge two things I learned are you always want to tell them your story especially if they're important people always tell them your story um, and if you don't have a story, figure that out because it's going to help you so much. Um, that's the first thing Elliot told me is like, Chris, you got to tell this Forbes story to every important person you meet. When they ask you about what you do, tell them your Forbes story. And what happened for me, it was a, a huge shift in people, you know, who were ignoring me at first, not really interested in what I had to say. And now I had people like all ears, like, okay, wow, now I have a reason to listen to Chris. This guy is doing something, blah, blah, blah. And then the second thing is you're either a fan or a friend. And so when you go up to someone, maybe they're a YouTuber or something, if you treat them like a fan and you're fanboying them, they're always going to see you like that. But if you approach it like a friend as an equal, every time that I've had this encounter, it works out much, much better. They see you as a friend. They see you as an equal. And you're not going to be in that little subcategory in their mind of a, as a fan. And that was my experience with uh, with Elliot Choi. Is we went there, um, me and my friend James So, to go interview Elliot Choi. Now he's a great friend. But at the time, I had never met him. And we went to go interview him. And I kept telling my friend James, I said, James, I know Elliot's a huge inspiration to you, but you have to not be a fan here. Like, please, I kept, I kept, kept telling him. And the second we get there, um, Elliot like opens the door and James is like fanboying so hard. I'm like, dude, I told you. And months later, I could see how things had, had, um, you know, kind of diverged. Elliot and I were much closer and he saw me much more as a friend and he saw James way more as as a as a fan and it was interesting how he treated both both of us even though we were both there interviewing him um but now now that they have had more time to spend in person now 
I would say James is more in the friend category, but definitely um, you're either a fan or a friend. So that's a, that's a huge thing I learned as well. Yeah, no, that's a really good way to put it. I think that's how I was feeling too when I was going to go and meet Max for the first time in person at this like party. I was like, oh my gosh, uh, how am I going to act? I'm going to be like, oh. But just like like you said, I treated it like, you know what? He's just a particle. He's just a person. You know, he's nothing. He's no he's no better than a regular person. Um, and I feel like that really allowed me to, to have like a really cool, genuine conversation with him Absolutely. and just like talking more with him. Um, and even with like you and Eli and everybody else that was there, um, I think it was easier too because I had no idea that you guys were also creators and it was easier for me to just talk with you guys. And now it led to this great conversation that we're having here today. Um, but I have one last question. It's a brain teaser. It's like a really fun one. So if you were a millionaire and or if a millionaire decides to fund your all expenses paid one week trip anywhere, where would you go and what do you think you would do? I would go to Switzerland. I would bring my mom. I'd bring all my friends and then I'd get a bunch of food trucks to be able to go up there at two in the morning and a DJ and someone to build like some igloo or and all this crazy stuff. And we just throw a big, a big party with my bestest of friends from, from the creator people to like my hometown friends. That's probably what I would do. <laughs> that sounds really yeah. fun. Switzerland, DJ, you got everything, the food trucks. I would yeah. definitely do that as well if I were able to get an all funded trip by millionaire. Um, yeah. Well, thank you so much, Chris. This has been such a good conversation, like definitely already in one of my top podcasts that I've done. Um, I've been so inspired. I'm sure listeners have. Is there anything else that you want to leave listeners with or promotion for anything? Nope. I just got to say, keep it surreal. Love that. Okay. Well, thank you so much. Um, yeah. Thank you to listeners too that have listened till here. Um, I'll just leave it at that. Bye.